Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation, man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts, Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk man. I back it up. And we are chock full of that, man. Damn right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. If you're going to blitz... Come strong, but don't come at all. We are coming strong because, gentlemen, it is my favorite week of the year. <laughs> it's OU week. The Cotton Bowl on Saturday. Got a 2.30 kick. Haven't had a 2.30 kick since 2010. Been a while. But, uh, you know, Rod, Rod, are you going to Dallas this year? I'm not going this year. Okay. It's actually the first time I'm going, not going in a long time. Because I was going to say, if you were going this year, there would be no need to sleep in the McDonald's parking lot. You could it's actually true. go to the yes. hotel yeah, and get you a few hours yeah. and then go to the fairgrounds. Get up at a reasonable time. Yeah. It's true. I don't have to worry about the uh, the crackhead uh, I remember that hangs out and <laughs> tries to... I don't know if he's a parking attendant or if he's hustling me, but it's a crackhead. As, as we discussed, though, oh, I've had great interactions with those. <laughs> as we discussed, though, the crackhead will watch your car. He will take care of your car. He will, and for very cheap, actually, yeah. considering. Or cheap. like just 40 bucks or something. That's <laughs> how much it cost me last time, but I had to get there at the last second. Yeah, that must be. See, that's that's your problem, man. You got there late. Yeah. Yep. It's right behind it in McDonald's. Well, see, if Char- charging you that convenience fee. If yeah. I would have actually slept in my car the night before, I wouldn't have been late because I left the tickets for that game in the wrong car it was in the other car oh, man. so i regretted See? actually not sleeping then the car would have been there in plenty of time and then wouldn't have had to pay the extra 10 minute before kickoff price but i, they, I mean you have no options it's one of my it's one of my traditions to sleep in my car right before texas ou and for the first time one in like my six th- years i'm not doing it I'm sad. Well, Rod, you <laughs> Hopefully sleep. you aren't. That'd be funny <laughs> if you were somehow sleeping in your car still. <laughs> this is actually the first time in a while that, like, the three of us as a group, I know we don't get to, like, hang out during the game or the week, but, like, the three of us actually all won't be up there. I'll be up there, but, Matt, you just said you're not going. and nope. Rod yeah. just found out you're not going. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. But at any rate, we're going to talk about the win over K-State and talk plenty about Texas OU. This is Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. I am Jeff Howe, uh, a man who's always good luck, who loves his H-Town sports, loves everything about H-Town because it's his town. Uh, lifetime Longhorn, 2002 UT All-American, 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award, fourth-round draft choice of the New York Giants back in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and here with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. As it turns out, one of the uh, – Shadiest organizations in the CFL getting in bed with Art Briles and Johnny yeah, Manziel. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, didn't they dismiss uh, Art too? Oh, after like with after, a few after, hours? after they got publicly shamed. They oh, we didn't know that. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. They actually uh, said they did their homework on the front end too, and then they said, "Oh, I guess our homework wasn't done well." Yeah, twenty four <laughs> hours. Dog, dog must <laughs> ate that homework. Uh, but anyway, when he was done in Canada, got himself back to Austin, Texas, in a forty acres where he earned his degree. If he had a T-ring like. Corey Redding and Ricky Williams got theirs over the weekend. Oh, yeah, from Mike Perrin. They he got would, it from the man. He deliver. would wear it proudly. Maybe deliver. when you reorder yours, Mike Perrin will deliver it to you. <laughs> that would be great if Mike Perrin hand-delivered all T-Rings. That would be really He's cool, like my actually. Business, my schedule's too booked. I'm just That would be great, teams. actually. I would like Actually, I think I, now I want that to happen. I would like a hand I would hope they wouldn't say, hey, Rod B, you want you head over to Moncrief, your ring is ready. And it's oh, just that's like definitely the way it's going to happen. Sitting on the secretary's desk, like next to the schedule posters and stuff. That is definitely the way it's gonna happen. What are you talking about? That's how it happened last time. And Mac was here last time. Where, where's 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 Rod's tearing? It was in that box. Oh, I think we moved it in the players' lounge. <laughs> it's back there. It's down there with Chip in the equipment yeah. room. Go check it out. Yeah. No, that's definitely how it's gonna be done. Uh, but if he had a tearing, he would wear it proudly. Nonetheless, he's a card carrying member of DBU, which is just as big of a deal if you play. Oh man, on a 40 it's balling these days. Number twenty one in your program. Number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. And Rod, I had to remind you it was fifteen years ago that you left your mark. On the on, you have to call it by its real name, the AT and T Red River Showdown. Yeah, but back when you were in it, it was still the shootout. It was still a shootout. It was politically incorrect. It was still a shootout back then. Now we don't, you know, the references to guns make people uncomfortable. So yeah, now it's a Red River rivalry or the yeah. Red River Showdown. It, anyway, I call it the State Fair Street Fight. That's it used to be the Washington Bullets, uh, then they had to change it. Let me just say this: anybody who's worried about gun references offending anyone with Texas OU has not been to that game. 
Yeah, because there's a lot more offensive stuff going on. Yeah. <laughs> During the state fair and mm-hmm. grandma's over there flipping you the bird. <laughs> that's just more the networks yeah. and has selling something and being have the sellable product and maybe don't want to have yeah. a shootout brought to you by. So then they're like, okay, it'll be easier for us to make more money by changing the name. That doesn't I've matter. always lived. Fans when, can call it what we want. Even when I was a kid, I loved this game. But it wasn't until I went that I really got the full experience of it. Yeah. And I'll never forget, man, my wife and I are walking through the parking lot into the fairgrounds. And it's a 2.30 kick. And this is probably like, it's a good 90 minutes before kickoff. Okay. And there's a guy, his friends are struggling, to, his OU fan, they're struggling to get him back to the car. He shakes him off and says he can walk. He takes about three steps and then face plants on the concrete. <laughs> and at that point, I'm like, yeah, it's a different beast out here. Oh, man, he ain't the only one. That's the thing about that 2.30 kick, too, is people will be a little bit more belligerent, I should say. There'll be, uh, there'll be, be some be, more electricity in the yeah, building. Yeah, there'll be a lot more tipsy uh, fans out there on both sides. And they're normally are at 11 just because yeah. can, you can only consume so much alcohol that early in the morning. Now you got like two or three more hours. Yeah, normally you're waterlogged and then like wake up hungover because you have to get up early yeah. just to drink to stay up. So then now you actually do have a little party for the pregame atmosphere. Good point. Barad, I talked about it 15 years ago was your last OU game, and you made a play that at the point in the game it looked like things were swinging yeah, the momentum. way of the Longhorns. Yeah, I remember that. Um, those of you not unfamiliar with what we're talking about, I, it's on my Twitter account. I tweeted it out uh early Monday morning to officially start OU week. But, Rod, what's going through your mind when you're making that play? And I know there used to be a section in the media guide when players were asked, what's your your dream moment, your dream scenario? Mm -hmm. And for a lot of guys, it was making a play to win the OU game, making a play to win the OU game. I agree with that. Rod, you you made a play that looked like it was going to go a long way toward winning the OU game with the pick six. It didn't. Uh, Now I remember that play, too. I don't know if – there's a more electrifying play that I've made uh, while I've been on the 40 acres than that pick six. Just considering like the, uh, the mat, it was my senior year magnitude of the game. I believe we're both ranked real high. I'm not two sure. versus three, two versus three. Exactly. I mean, that's essentially national title hopes are on the line. Uh, Texas fans are really frustrated because they've been beaten by Oklahoma in the last two years. Stoops had won a national title with two years prior to that too. We're watching it right now. Yeah, and it it, it really was like that. I, I would say that probably is my favorite playoff time. I hate to, I really do. I hate to take enjoyment out of it because we lost. So like to me, it's like it's like an empty, it's like an empty satisfaction. Like we lost the damn game. You know, I mean, there's no, they can't really take any pride in that play because in the end we lost. And that's, right. to me, that's like celebrating being in the friend zone. I mean, it's that the goal is to win that game. That that play wins the game? Hell, man. Um, hell, who knows? My career might be different. I mean, you have no idea what could happen if I would. Could we play, end up playing in a national title or something if we win right. that game? Um, so, yeah, it's it's one of those things. It's kind of weird for me to celebrate it. I like seeing it. When you posted it, it always makes me feel good to, to watch it. But in the end, I keep thinking about, man, we lost the damn game. Like, we didn't win the game. Literally, the next, not the next play, because the next play is the PAT. The play after that, the return of Oklahoma, they returned it down deep in Texas territory, yeah. snatched all the momentum right, yeah, right from Juan us. Savage. Yep, snatched all the momentum from us. Dorian McCullough saved the day, though. He saved yeah. the touchdown. Yeah, but that's how that game goes. I mean, we had so much momentum. You go look at that crowd after I take that, that take it to the house. I oh, mean, they're yeah. losing it. People are going crazy, and really, Oklahoma sucked all the life out of that crowd when they returned it deep in our territory. I don't know if they got a touchdown there or a field goal. But no, they did. Trent, it was Trent Smith. Touchdown? Yeah. yeah, that killed us. That killed us. Yeah, boy, you're still, though, pick six is uh, second all-time, just behind, is it Huff Daddy? I think for maybe third sports? now, because Houghton Hill actually. He tied you, I believe. Okay, because Houghton Hill's going to surpass everybody. Houghton Hill. Yeah. Hell, Deshaun Elliott's like leading the nation. It picks now at five. Deshaun Elliott's closing in. He's going to close in on Earl Thomas' single season school record with yep. eight. It's eight, right? Yeah, yep. he's got five he's already. Five already. Yeah, he'll, he'll definitely close in on it. He'll, he'll get close to Rod, it. Rod, I'll look up the. Uh, he'll I get got close it right to it here somewhere. It's in yeah. Game no, but this, yeah, Rod's three pick sixes behind be uh, Huff's notes. four. Yeah, Huff is number one. Huff is number one, I think. Yep, Huff has yep. got four. Yeah. But yeah, man, I bet that moment, just that that memory, at least, yes, like career, you're saying, you don't want to have moral victories. But that's exactly still, what that would be. Could, uh, you know, you still one of your three to be second all time in school history. Career interceptions, return for touchdowns. Michael Huff is first with Huff four. Daddy. Yep. And then Rod, you're tied with Holton Hill and Greg Brown for second. Holton I, Hill, Greg exactly Brown. Yeah. What I said. Yeah, and Holton Hill's done it, and I mean, he's got. In two basically two years, he's gotten those three. He'll even surpass me, no question. He'll get another one before he's done. So there you have it. We'll talk plenty of Texas OU. But, gentlemen, let's talk about K-State. And we can debate how good of a K-State team this is. 
Um, whether it's going to be one of Bill Snyder's better teams, I think it's still a team that you can look up at the end of the year, and maybe they're probably an eight-win team, maybe nine with a bowl. Who knows how the, yeah. how the league season is going to play out for K-State. But, Rod, you've been on the field with, with K-State teams. We've seen this rivalry. We've dissected it. We know how hard it is for Texas to beat Kansas State, the style of play mm-hmm. Kansas State has uh, that, that, that they've won a lot of games with. Uh, anytime you're Texas and you beat K State, it's a big deal. I agree. Yeah, and I, I, I and, and you heard, and I think you uh, tweeted out too, and uh, Tom Herman brought it up in the press conference. I heard him say it again. It's a, it's a big. Maybe he's just saying it because he thinks the kid, the kids are using this term now, and it's a cool term to use. But the, it, it's a culture. He did it for the culture. Yeah, it was a big win for the culture, and it was kind of the way they went. They won it. Um, you know, they had to, they had to fight. I mean, they were down adverse. Mm-hmm. That was one of those games, honestly. Texas loses, you know, I, I've seen them lose those games the last three years more than they win those types of games. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? See, we were exactly saying while we were watching the game was like, it, this is a good sign. We're starting to see these signs in games like that, say, where you used to maybe not step up and be able to win the game, Texas coming through, but also where we have situations with the quarterbacks that it's now maybe not a uh, bad that we had a quarterback controversy. Now it's good. We're turning in the right direction because we're having more depth and then ability to perform late and these things this year you're seeing more signs of positivity than it being the same as the same stories had been for seven straight years where you make that mistake and lose or your quarterback comes back in and makes the mistake doesn't play well so it's good to see some of the trending in the right direction all right pause for the cause to pay some bills and when we come back we're talking more about the texas win over k-state and looking ahead to the oklahoma game you're listening to longhorn blitz with horns 247.com Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Once again, Jeff Howe. Let's start with the most important position on the field because there is no longer a quarterback controversy. Yes, there is. No, there's not. Quit saying that. It's not because you it's don't believe smart. that. But if you ask the man, Tom Herman, there's a he would not declare a quarterback. Then there's a quarterback I question. Think, I think there's, there's a quarterback some question mark. I think it's more games. Oh yeah, definitely. There, but that's well, still course, good. But, I, but it's still my point. Yeah. The initial point was that he's got in his head. He's got a plan. I don't know what Tom Herman's plan is, but it's a plan. I think the plan is I just want to make sure I got Shane and Sam for the long haul. I mean, Mm-hmm. I got him for 2018, and he is going to straddle the fence as long as he can. Now, mm-hmm. it, I don't know Make how if Sam has another hard. performance like he did versus K State. It's going to be really, really tough to kind of you know kind of straddle the fence and really kind of play this very delicately the way he's trying to do it. But man, did you? They asked him about the quarterback. Yep. What did he say? I got to watch film on Sam. Yep. You got to watch film on Sam. He did not see what we saw, or he did, and he won't admit it. Yeah, I you know think that's I mean? it. I think that's. I think it. it's right, in, but either in way, between the two. it's still a quarterback controversy. And it's guys. Only this, smart. this question is not this, this is this debate is not settled, and it won't be settled this year. Well, and it can even not be settled next year because the kid's a freshman. No, no, no. It'll be regression. settled next year. It'll be settled next year. It won't be settled this year because you're going to need both of these quarterbacks to win this year. You've already needed two quarterbacks. You're five games in. Mm-hmm. You've needed two of them. And if you think Sam Ellinger's going to make it through a whole football season no, playing not. the way he plays, no, exactly. you are delusional. No, you're you delusional. They got plays like a linebacker. I'm saying, well, I'm no, saying no, if, you're, if you're talking about He's not going to say that one guy's our starting quarterback for the multitude of reasons that he's going to want him to continue to perform well in practice. They're going to have to continue to progress on the field and know that if you make a mistake, you're going to be held accountable. But obviously, Ellinger fits him better and maybe playing better. It's the, just, the, and like he said, there's no reason to even tell anybody who my quarterback is. Can, 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 I, can I finish a thought here? Yeah, yeah. Ronnie Millsap can see that Sam Ellinger is the best quarterback option that Texas has right now. I agree. Like it's not. I don't think there's no agree. secret. Nobody's debating that. And well, Tom yeah. Herman can spin it however he wants. And I don't even think he said I, that. Tom Herman can spin it however he wants. I, I know what the eye test showed on Saturday. And look. You got to break this down multiple ways, Rod. We we've seen this before, where the young quarterback has a big game, mm-hmm. and at some point people get film on him and they figure out mm-hmm. how to defend him, and then it's the, up on the staff and the player to adjust. Agreed. We've seen Tyrone Swoops not be able to make that adjustment. We've seen Gerard Hurd not be able to make that adjustment. Hell, mm-hmm. go back to the last three games last year Shane and the Bouchelle. two games this year. We've seen Shane Bouchelle not be able to make Agreed. that adjustment. So my point is we're. The controversy part is we're a long way from deciding that Sam Ellinger is unquestionably the future of this program and the future of the quarterback position. Agreed. But I'm not worried about that. I'm not even thinking about that. I'm thinking about the here and now. Let's look ahead to Saturday. Mm -hmm. Your best option to win football games right now at the quarterback position at the University of Texas is Sam Ellinger for two reasons. Number one, with the offensive line situation being what it is, 
I think you're at the point now where mobility at the quarterback position and the ability to extend the play trumps experience and ball security, which is, I think, the thing that the coaching staff really likes about Shane Bouchelle. I think it's three things. I think his accuracy, I think ball security, and I think his experience. But you're in a position right now where the mobility and the ability to extend the play and create has to trump those things, number one. And number two, this offense has been – subpar to say the very least through four games. Now that you've got something that's actually working, you've got some momentum coming out, mm-hmm. real momentum against a quality defensive opponent on that side of the ball, you can't afford to tinker with that. You've got to roll with it. You've got to see how much juice you can squeeze out of this orange. Every, look, I think everybody agrees with everything you just said. Mm-hmm. And I think Tom nobody's, Herman yeah, probably does too. I think Tom Herman probably does too. But Tom Herman's got, he's got a long-term vision. He's looking at the macro, not just the micro. And I'm telling you, sometimes your long-term goals, they trump your short-term goals. And and I think in this situation, his long-term goal may be trumping the short-term goal, which is short-term goal should be winning games and trying to have the offense be as productive as it possibly can be. It, he's he's smarter than we are. He's paid more money to be smarter than us. I get Mensa, that. he's smarter than us, Jeff. He knows more football than us combined. He sees what you see. Why won't he name a starting quarterback? There's a reason for it. The Multitude. reason he won't do it is because he needs both of these guys invested, fully invested. He he can't win with just Sam, and he can't win with just Shane right now. Because even you point this out, the guy that's going to lead this this uh like the the Tom Herman vision for the future may not even be on campus right now. We're not even sure about that. Yeah. But mm-hmm. the guy that's most compatible with the offense, of course, it is Sam Ellinger. We all right know that now, it's pretty yeah. obvious. But if that guy won't name a starter, then some people believe he's actually hindering the 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 the, the progress of this team, like the leadership and this team, the locker room, all those types of things. He doesn't care about that right now. When he's, he's got priorities it. right now of his own. His priorities yeah. are, I am not going to name a starting quarterback. He says, I got to watch the film. Really? He wants to believe you got to watch the film? What do you got to watch? I'll tell you what you need to know. He yeah. knows this, man. He is, he is playing this very close to the vest. He's being very delicate, very deliberate about what he says because he knows as soon as he names Sam the starter, Shane's going to check out. Well, Shane's gonna check out, and I'm telling you, when Shane human checks nature. out, it's human, human nature. Exactly, and when he checks out, he's got he's a connect, he's connected too. If y'all don't realize, he's connected. If, if if the transfer rate for quarterbacks is already fifty percent, mm-hmm. what do you think the transfer rate for that guy is who started an entire year his freshman year at University of Texas is gonna be? He's already getting calls, probably dog. It's, he's already getting text messages. He's yep. already people already him up, man. I'm telling you, he'll be the most coveted free agent, especially he'll be the starting quarterback, quarterback for Oklahoma in two years, man. It's it's gonna happen, and and. And Tom Herman saying, listen, I am done with this vicious cycle of quarterback hell we've been going through. All right, and the only way the best quarterbacks in the history of Texas football have been what? Red-shirted quarterbacks. Go look at them, man. It ain't rocket, son. And even when you were in quarterback purgatory or quarterback heaven with Chris Sims and Major Upway, you never got to maximize either one of them. Why? Because you, you didn't red-shirt Sims, and you played Major before it was time, and then you ended up in this cluster. You know what I mean? And he wants yeah. to avoid that, man. It's pretty obvious what he's trying to do. He wants to red-shirt both of those 2018 quarterbacks and have both of these guys here in 2018. That way, the, the cycle of quarterback hell is broken, like basically for the, for the rest of his his tenure here, he can break that cycle. Yeah. Unless you do that, dude, you're going to end up in this situation just like this next year. I can guarantee you. You want to know why? Because the last seven years, we've been here. Yep. Every mm. year. And I agree <laughs> fully on all Every of that. Every year. And then if you want to add another layer on top of it, too, if you think about just what can come from him divulging info like that, for if you keep it right now and not naming one, first off, you don't have people writing stuff saying one guy is the winner, one's a oh, loser. Man. Nobody's speculating on where Boosh show goes it all it does is open up a door if you name one it de- like rod was saying first off on the field it's like i'd say in the team overall they know who is good they know who's going to go out there and play every single they friday they know that but inside the locker room it's no big deal to them it's big to everybody outside the locker room who's the starter name a starter that really i don't think even matters to them inside they're gonna have the better one start it can by naming one only open up a pandora's box of headlines of guys One being the clear one, one being the other one, that opens up that idea of not only having the chance of transfer, but then it's going to be able to have you sit there and bring stuff that just doesn't even need to be brought because it doesn't matter at all. The better one's going to play, and it would just be creating more for him to answer and things along those lines. I I don't care. And it tips off OU. I don't care. Well, okay, let's look. Let's break that.
that down a couple ways. Number one, I don't really care if he names a starter or not. It's no sweat off my back. Agree. Because, again, as we talked about, we know what we saw on Saturday. Exactly. And as far as the Oklahoma thing, I'm going to go ahead and guess that Mike Stoops and Ruffin McNeil and that defensive staff, Already. they're probably not going to watch a lot of Shane Bouchelle film nope. this week. They, they're they're going to prep for Sam Hill. But in the attention they're to gonna detail They're going to pop in world. SC, and they're going to pop in K-State, Agreed. and they're going to break that down. But in the analytical world, they, if we talk about the details and the accumulation of everything and how much Herman values everything, yeah, even if it's 1% or 2% that they would put to it, that's a little bit. That's just a tiny amount, and those things, when you add up the entire week and everything being involved, they can accumulate to something because we talked about how those deficiencies deteriorated Texas for so long, too. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with everything you said, Jeff, and I think every like all of us are making good points. And The point is, I just think he has a larger goal. And it's not, it's not going to stay this way. I don't, if, if Sam Edwin goes there and beats Oklahoma and has right. 450 yards. Or, he, or even in a if they lose and he's but and he's he, not the reason why they exactly, lose. Exactly, and know? he plays an extraordinary game like yeah. he did for K-State and they lose. Or even like versus USC a little bit. You know what I mean? I think he may be compelled, tail wagging a dog type of thing, to declare one way or the other. But if he can straddle the fence, if there is any type of a, a, you know, a minuscule little bit of room for him to, to straddle the fence, he's going to do it. Mm-hmm. And right now, the injury of Shane gives him all the reason he needs to go, whoa, 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 let me, let me look at Shane and make sure he's all right first. But I think we all know where yeah. he's leaning right. He's got to be leaning towards that. Yeah, Matt, you hit on this a minute ago, and, and I want to kind of expand on it because I think it's a good point. The, the guys in the locker room know and the coaches know. And I keep hearing people, like, throwing out this theory. Well, Sam's a better vocal leader, and he's this and he's that. I think the guys in the locker room respect both of these guys. And, Rod, mm-hmm. you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think, I think vocal leadership – and being a rah-rah guy, I think it's one of the most overrated things in sports. I think the best leaders I've been around, whether it's guys in sports, guys in the corporate world, whatever, it's the people that when they speak, they have enough credibility and respect among their peers that you listen to what they say. Agreed, yeah. So I don't think it matters if Sam's got more swagger or Shane's got this or whatever. I think they, I think these guys on this team have both seen these guys get it done to where whichever one of them is in the game, I think they've got confidence in both of those guys yeah. to lead them. I don't think that's a question but I to me I think it goes back to you've kind of found something now offensively and let's start breaking down this K-State game and you know the offensive lines uh Sam Ellinger had a couple of plays that were negative like called quarterback runs that mm-hmm. were negative yardage plays yeah. but Rod if I'd have told you going into this game that the offensive line situation being what it is which we found out late in the week Zach Shackelford was injured yeah. Terrell mm-hmm. Cooney was gonna have to start Denzel Okafor goes from being in the doghouse to your starting left tackle and plays the whole game if I'd have told you that group would play 91 snaps through four regulation quarters and overtime, and you would have five negative yardage plays altogether out of those 91 snaps, you'd probably say that offensive line played well above expectations, and that's exactly what they did. They did, but I I also think there's a a butterfly effect and a domino effect, and I agree with you. Basically, the offensive line is missing their top four best offensive linemen. Right, I I wrote this. This is my offensive line story afterwards. I was like, if you go back to camp and you tell Tom Herman, Tim Beck, and Derek Wareham, you sit them down and say, okay, going into the K-State game, no Connor Williams, no Elijah Rodriguez, no Zach Shackelford, no Patrick Hudson. What do you think happens? They're probably like, we're we're screwed. Yeah, yeah, especially versus K State. Yeah. This is a line mm-hmm. of scrimmage. We're probably scoring game. six points. Yeah. We're going to have to hope to get a non-offensive touchdown to even have a chance. Yeah, I agree with that. But this is the with the domino effect of having a plus one, a, a guy, true dual threat player as your quarterback. And I, I know it sounds crazy. This is about the compatibility, right? It improves so much, so many other things on that offense when you have a true kind of plus one in numbers game in the running game. And I know Tom Herman's like, I don't need a dual threat guy to, you know, to be my signal caller. And I agree, you don't need one, but look at what a dual threat guy does mm-hmm. to a Tom Herman offense. It's, I mean, it's so obvious now. If you've got Ezekiel Elliott or Carlos Hyde at running back, you probably don't need one. Yeah, yeah but even I would say, yeah, I mean, but need, it's relative, right? I don't need indoor plumbing, but damn, it makes right. my quality of well, life really good. Like, you don't, yeah, you don't need There are a multitude Herman, of but, things that it makes it better, but then just the secondary play, just the fact that no matter what, a defense can be schemed to beat you fully, yet you can win the play because you have one guy's extra skill set on top of it. Play 
breaks down, he can extend the yeah. play, make something out like of nothing. Offensive linemen don't have to block as long because he can get outside the pocket and make things happen. Defensive linemen, they're just more cautious because, man, I got to stay in rush lanes. I can't crash down can't this play hard. Can't play man-to-man anymore. this guy, yeah, this, this, this guy obviously can hurt me. I got to keep contained. There's so many different things you have to worry about when you're playing against a plus one in the running game at the running at the quarterback because he's basically the you know he's basically Texas right now best running back and their best quarterback right uh-huh. in the backfield right all right guys break time on the show but when we come back it is Texas OU talk the 112th edition of the AT&T Red River Showdown we will break it down when we come back on Longhorn Blitz with Horns 247.com welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns 247.com once again Jeff Howe this offense, as good as Tim Beck was calling the game, between the 20s, I thought he called a great game. And you mentioned the running back situation compounds it's a ride. tough, man, in the red zone. And the offensive line situation does, too. This offense is awful executing in the red zone. Just awful. <laughs> yeah. Like, they don't have their red zone identity. I don't know if they're going to find one this year because you don't yet have that dynamic guy tight end that you can put on the field. No, yeah. you, you, even though the running back issue is what it is, you would think – Chris Warren can again go back to the USC conversation. Zone, right? yeah. You would think first and goal from the three, a couple cracks he can get you 250, close. Two fifty. The yeah. issue I had, I thought it was it's indefensible to have. Let me go back to that first that drive where they missed the field goal where Tom Herman. Oh, they wanted to begin of the game. Down. Yeah, let me look at. Okay, and Tom Herman today has basically stated he hates. He said it straight yeah, up. He, he said I hate twenty yard field goals. The quote goals. that mm-hmm. stood out to me, uh, and I think it was I think it was Ed Clements who had the follow up. He said, "You do realize you're aggravating a lot of people." when you choose not to take said, the points. He yeah. said his Tom Herman's exact quote was, I don't care. I don't give it yeah. yeah, I don't care. Like, I don't stupid. care. He you does not care. The, he was like, yeah, when you look at the weighing and we're So, I mean, boo him all you want because he doesn't care. He said, the, he said the metrics tell him, way. yeah, every and time to take the but, take. seven points. When he, I mean, literally, that's two and a third field goals that you're going to be no, conceding it makes because sense. of the arc. But you Mathematically, got, it does. You got first and goal from the three, and in that four-play sequence, you did not have Chris Warren or Colin Johnson on the field. Your mo- your best perimeter playmaker and you, who should be your best short yardage runner. Rod, to me, that's indefensible. It is. I agree. And we saw this. I think we saw it versus Maryland, actually. Remember? Yeah. In the red zone, they didn't have Colin Johnson in the game. It's like, it was, yeah. Why would you not have the 6'6 six, six wide receiver, even as a decoy, yeah. to mm-hmm. freak out the defense out there? You know, they were motioning Chris Warren out of the backfield into like five wides. I'm with you on that one. I can understand that play calling, um, like schematic issues, like him trying to get in the groove of play calling. And I understand red zone. We talked about it. Offensive line and no dynamic presence in the running uh, in the running back position that's going to hurt your ability to be able to cash in the red zone but not putting your best and you know what the Chris Warren thing I'm gonna give him a pass on that because they don't like Chris Warren as much as I like Chris Warren and I'm, I'm starting to come to grips with that and that's cool but Colin Johnson even the coach said Colin Johnson to get the ball more. Like he's working yep. on that's his pro- pet project. He said last week to get Colin Johnson the ball more for him not to be on the field in the red zone in any situation in the red zone. Six six, a guy who I think Matt Miller, a Bleach reporter, who's like their NFL draft scout. He said I got him as my number one wide receiver in 2019 right now. Like, that, like no matter statement. if you're it is a bold he's statement. Blocking on the outside. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with in. it. My point is that guy needs to be on the field in the red zone. That's like you said, indefensible. I don't know who to blame. Kyle for that. Porter did have a touchdown that was overturned in his knee clearly was down but to me if Chris Warren's not your best red zone short yardage goal line runner it's Obviously it's not, not Kyle Porter clearly maybe it's Tony O'Connor maybe it's Danny Young I don't know maybe but Young, find yeah. somebody that can yeah. push the pile for two or three yards it's inexcusable at the University of Texas for you to have an offense you got first and goal at the three and you can't come away with points yeah now nah, I'm with you on that one that 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 was frustrating and I actually wanted him to kick the field goal there too so I was thinking about the identity of the team and how they're gonna need points but, but you're th- you're thinking about it too you're facing a Bill Snyder coach team you always you take the points. I know too. That's kind of what I was thinking. I was like, this, we thought it was gonna be a low scoring game too. Yeah. I think we all and thought his, it was gonna that's be. That's why in his mind, I think he went for it yeah. because he's so close to getting seven when it's so hard to get seven that he well, is. He's like, I just think that I can see that argument mathematically. I think Sam Ellinger not kind of. I think Sam Ellinger bailed him out because the offense is just that much more explosive with Sam in there, so you end up being able to get points and generate points. But based on the offense that we had seen prior to that, the last couple of games, I I was all about taking the points, but I. 
understand the math. The math makes perfect sense to me. Like it yeah. does. That's I just why it's w- funny though when I hear members of the media that like they, they just laugh that he has like this book of analytics that's like thinking oh, yeah. it's a joke that it's being decided upon these things and like it's a running joke amongst a lot of people covering Texas or even te- among Texas fans. It's like that info in there is a lot of information that's only probably going to help you in the long term. But if you want to ignore it, ignore I, it. I don't have a problem with the decisions to go for it, Rod. My problem continues to be if you're going to do that, if that's have your plays end, ready. have a plan. Have yeah. a plan and personnel ready. Like, understand. Yeah, exactly. Totally. I'm with you. It seems like they do that. And it's like, well, since you go for it on fourth down so much, you think you'd have a separate book of plays altogether, literally just for fourth down situations and red zones. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I would think. But it, it, I'm with you. It seems like, no, that is not the case. Like, they don't. Like, I know <laughs> I know. Tom talked about after the SC game that the touchdown in overtime to Kay Brewer, the throwback pass. Well, that yeah. was our two-point play. All right. You can have. Have more than one two-point play, more than one short yardage play. It's exactly. fine. He's got like, one. He's just got one. That's it. it. All right, we, we got so one. Well. We're saving this one for the fourth quarter, coach. Yeah, I don't. I'm with you on that one. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Yeah. yeah. So, but but, but maybe Rod, it's the kick. Maybe it's the confidence in the kicker. And, and the Josh Rowland thing. Like I, I credited Tom Herman for going out and finding him a JUCO kicker because Charlie had left him with no options mm-hmm. in that department. But at this point, I I know he talked about when well, he's 15 to 15 in practice. You know, yesterday, like yeah, right. like that's kind of that old thing like yeah in my head when i'm talking to women before i get to the club i'm really good (laughs) but for some reason when i'm face to face with her that that pickup line doesn't come out as smooth that's exactly right it's like Like, practice give a a damn what he's doing in practice especially as a kicker as a kicker it's all mental like it's like a golfer you're all in your your own head or a closer in baseball man once you once you get the yips it's you don't get rid of that that easy no i'm with that one now but that's one of those situations where i i think he did everything he exhausted every possibility to improve the kicker position they just are screwed in sol yeah. right now they just are yeah that's the one thing you really can't quantify when recruiting a kicker is his head gonna work whenever there's a hundred thousand people exactly going forward as we go to the ou game i like that we talked about the field goal situation and situational execution and rod i actually want to go back to uh you know we talked about third downs at iowa state and how awful the third down yeah like third and distance to go um and i talked about like the third downs texas missed so texas ended up being eight of 15 on third downs uh against K-State. Would you like to know the down distances that yeah, Texas be, converted like on? Yeah. How about, and you remember how it was all like third and like seven or longer against Iowa State? Mm-hmm. How about this time? These Texas converted the following third downs. Third and seven, third and two, third and three, third and goal, third and one, third and ten, third and four, third and goal. Yeah, that's, that's way better than I thought it was going to be, actually. So yeah. they only had two, two, two third and mediums or third and long. Yeah, the third and short. seven that you converted, that was Ellinger, Ellinger to Humphrey for 21 yards in the first quarter. And then you had a third and ten that was the hump, the Ellinger to Humphrey pass that he fumbled that Warren Oh, they recovered, yeah. yeah. That was a clutch recovery, too. <laughs> yeah, Chris Man. Warren. <laughs> he actually did have a, a good game. Chris right, Warren considering he didn't run the ball credit well, for but. doing Hold on. Astros win. Woo! 5-4. Moving on. That was my random Ghostros. Yes. Nice. Um, yes. I'm so glad they're going to the ALCS. All right. Anyway, uh, Chris Warren deserves a lot of credit, though, because even though he's not touching the rock, he had he had a, this was his best game, Rod, maybe as a blocker. Right? There was a couple no times doubt. where he got out as the lead blocker on yeah. a couple flips or sweeps to Reggie Hemphill. I agree with that. Where he got out and threw some hellacious blocks, and then you talk about the fumble recovery. Uh, that shows that that's a guy that's still locked in, even though he's not getting his touches, mm-hmm. he's still buying into the team That's concept. Point. That's good to Which see from Chris Which is maybe why Moore. he's playing more and at least right. that the coaches know he's buying in. Yeah. Here's, here's the issue, Rob. When you talk about third downs, you talk about red zone, you talk about special teams, the OU game, as we know, is a game that when you fail to convert on those areas in this game, those momentum swings, they will kill you in this game. Everything's magnified. Everything's magnified, man. It's just it's one of those environments where the, the, that kind of the culture of the game, that turnover is ten times bigger in this game. And it, not only because the, the environment actually, it, it feels magnified because the stadium is split right. in half. Like, it, yeah, there's always somebody yelling and screaming. But, you know, the you know the big plays, the momentum shifts are seismic game. And they just say oh, just, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it literally, it, it's palpable. You can feel the momentum shifting back. And there have been games where I, I've talked to Lauren fans, and they go, man, I felt that momentum shift shifting on this play or that play. And they're totally right. Like you can almost feel it when it happens, a big sack here or something there, and you can feel the momentum shifting. That's why this game comes down to you need playmakers, dog, because
because those are the people that are going to snatch the snatch the momentum back in this game because you can't let one team have it for too long. That's how blowouts happen. Trust me. They, right. Oklahoma did it in 2000. They snatched the momentum. And we I don't ever remember us making one play to take it back. The avalanche. It, it, was, it became quicksand, man, the downward spiral. And we've seen that happen before with yeah. Mac, uh, you know, Mac Brown coach teams. So I, I, I'd be weary of that, the, the, you know, the downward spiral, the quicksand that could happen in this game if you don't snatch the momentum back. And it's a, it's a, it's a prize fight, man. It's a heavyweight fight. So you're going back and forth. Uh-huh. You're going to get hit in the mouth. Like right. it, It's going to happen. It's Oklahoma. It ain't Tulane. You know what I mean? I could play against Tulane and never get hit in the mouth. You know what I mean? Play against Iowa State and never get hit in the mouth. Not lately. Uh, Matt Campbell's Iowa State Cyclones will hit you in the mouth. Yes. But my point being, Oklahoma, you get hit in the mouth and you punch and then you get hit in the mouth again. That's how it, it goes like a heavyweight fight. And whoever can take the abuse, can take the hit and bounce back, that's who wins the game. Which is why I, I like Texas' chances in this game. I don't know if yeah, I'm going to pick Texas, but I like Texas' chances in this game. Because go back to that SC game. Yeah. I don't exactly think I don't was. think USC was ready for Texas to hit them in the mouth. No, they weren't. No, they weren't. And they responded. And it was one of those deals yeah. like, oh, wow, okay. And that's sort of point. It seemed play. like the last few Texas teams the last five years at times when Texas had beaten Oklahoma, some of those times it was as if the Oklahoma team was like, oh, right. wow, got hit in the mouth. That 13 and 15. True that. And that 2015, y'all get that. And Texas yeah. coming into this game having played K-State, you've already played one big boy football game. now. So the fact that you're going to have to do that again, it's not going to be a shock to anybody. It does. It helps. And Matt, to your point, and I'm glad you brought that up, that's one of my themes for the week. Rod, we typically talk about young Texas teams or young Oklahoma teams are the ones that are ripe to get blown out in this game. Mm-hmm. But you can say what you want about Charlie Strong, right? And Charlie certainly had his faults while he was the head yeah. coach of Texas. But one thing you can credit him for is he got his teams ready to play in this game. He did, yeah. And he basically played Bob Stoops to a draw. Pretty much the whole time he was here. Yeah, I agree with that. Five uh, was a five point loss his first year. Yeah, a seven point win second year, and a five point loss last and year. And you're talking about against teams that obviously much less talent. much less talented teams. I'll say it. Yeah, those on those Texas teams. So I don't think that you know Rod during your day it was always that that meant Texas is a mental block against Oklahoma. They can't mm-hmm. get over that mental block. I don't yep. think that exists with this Texas team at all. Yeah, I, that's I a think good point. I you know talking to uh, talking to Malik Jefferson and some of those guys after the game. I think they they're they look forward to this game. They've they, had great. They, they ironically, like you pointed out, they've had very little success. All right, in their in their three or four years here, guys like Malik Jefferson. But against Oklahoma, they've disproportionately and ironically have actually played some of their better games against Oklahoma in that yeah. environment. It's weird. I agree with you. I don't, I don't get it either. But got to give props to Charlie Strong for it. And too. We even heard T- Herman say today, just sort of, you know, I, I understand and respect the rivalry, but we're treating it just as another game that you know he was a part of different staffs that have been a part of this game but he wants to make sure that they're treating it as if it's any other one so you do not put it on that pedestal to where you affect it differently now it's a different viewpoint way different people view different things but it's sometimes how the ignorance is bliss if you don't even know what to fear don't fear it and then sometimes that's when the ball hits you in the hands in the Shaq Fu story that we hear from Kwame Cavill and like you crap the bed and it goes real bad or you somehow beat a team that you're 17 point underdog from because you had the that almost false enthusiasm that Kwame Cavill would talk about, yeah, that you go out there. False sense of confidence. Irrational, irrational confidence. Irrational. Now, if yeah. it works off, it can really benefit it, but you also could go to crap if it doesn't work. Too, now, I remember so. Mike Finger always said that about uh, Case McCoy. He, yeah. uh, Case McCoy has this irrational confidence that at every every now and then it, a, just, it comes to fruition. A gunslinger like, not, and not yeah. a gunslinger's body. Exactly. It's like um, Brett Favre mentality. But, Uncle Rico the, arm. Yeah, right. <laughs> but get bit back to the, the, the Texas UK. One thing I am concerned about is, and you brought this up before, uh, Jeff, and you uh, a few years ago, when Texas starts going through different offensive coordinators, I think you've brought it up a couple of times, whether it be Major Applewhite or Sterling Gilbert or Sean Watson. Coaching, calling plays in this game is different too. Mm-hmm. Remember, it, it's a, it's a, I, you know what I mean? So I do wonder if Tim Beck kind of understands, the, and he's got Tom Herman there with him with helps, and a lot of these guys on this staff have actually been a part of this rivalry in some way, form, or fashion. That's good too. But it is different in play. That's why we always liked that Major called, you know, that Major, like when Major would call the uh, call a Texas, you're like, yeah, I I, I think Major, 2013 because Major understood he understands it. what it's about. Yeah. It was like, look, you to win this game, you've got to win the line of scrimmage. So we're yeah. going to lean on a veteran offensive line. And at the time, we thought Jonathan Gray Hold was on. Who, in 
2015, who's OC? Jay Norvell? Jay Norvell. Jay Norvell had Robert. been in this game. Like, it's something about, un- you brought this up uh, like years ago, so I, I'm not going to take your point, but I agree with your point you made years ago, even when you were making it about Jay Norvell a major. I wonder if he understands, how, you know, how the, the, rhythm of, the rhythm of this rivalry and how it goes I, back yeah, and forth. I, get that I, mean? from, I got that from Will Muschamp because Muschamp's first year. Yeah. They, I mean, granted, go back and look at the guys Oklahoma had on the office with Sam Bradford and no, that was Nat, De- DeMarco yeah. Murray and Jermaine Gresham and yeah, Manny Johnson and uh, I think it was uh, Joaquin Iglesias outside of yeah, wide receivers. They were NFL guys on that roster. Yeah. But Muschamp said the next year that his, and I'm paraphrasing here, our spirit animal here on the Blitz, <laughs> his quote was, you know, I didn't know what calling plays in that game was all about because it's different. Mm-hmm. And the next year, he was much more prepared yeah. for that game. And the following year, even, the 2010 game, yeah. called a really good game defensively. And so, and Brian Harson was one of those coaches that never really figured it out. Like, oh, we want to do, good point. there was too much funk when this is a game where, That's a great look, point. you can have funk, but at some you point you got to line up and smash somebody in the mouth. And if you can't exactly do that, right. it's going to be a long day. And I think all all those things have to be taken into, you know, taken into account when you're calling plays. You got to understand, it is a heavyweight fight going back and forth. You got to deliver a, a haymaker every now and then. You got to snatch the momentum with plays. I think all those things play a role. So I, I think it's going to be a challenge for Tim Beck. I really do. Because it's, and I wonder if he'll rise to the challenge. You know what I, mean? I do think there was something, you know, Sean Watson actually, I thought, a time, called a de- called a he called a good game in, in 2014. I'll give him that. Uh, well, clock, he, he, he also knows a little bit about the rivalry from yeah. being around it at least. You know clock I mean? m- clock management was a huge issue at the end of that game, obviously, yeah, with the timeouts and burning timeouts and yeah. just not being careful with it. But um, I think the one thing that helped Charlie's staff in that game was that we talk about Charlie, you know, them having a tough time adapting to the conference. For Charlie, the OU game is the closest thing to an SEC game the Big 12 has. Yep. Yeah, I'll give in that. terms of it is a line of scrimmage game. It yep. is a man's game. Agreed. You got you got you got to be ready to be a grown man if you're gonna walk in that Cotton Bowl and play that game. So I think from that standpoint, Charlie's staff kind of knew what they were getting into. They were they were ready for that. Game. And I think Tom Herman's staff, the fact that Tom Herman's been in this game, the fact that Oscar Giles has been in this game, you got some guys on the staff that have been around this game. Um, I'd like to think that they're going to be prepared, Rod. But the point that I was going to make earlier, because Matt brought it up, talking about the blowouts, and I said, you know, young Texas teams are right for blowouts. I think the fact that these players have been in this game and been around it and had success in it, to me, there's no excuse for Texas to take a huge loss. In it. Yeah, you don't want that. What we call those coyote ugly losses. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Where they lose, they get 21 and off the stick. That's what. I, and I think Tom Herman understands that. You know, you you can't. We, we're done with those days in Texas football of getting like just embarrassed on a big stage. So I think they'll be ready to play. There are just some concerns about, like you said, it's a line of scrimmage league in Texas. You know, even though the offensive line played really well versus K-State, right. you know, you're missing your top four offensive linemen. So, yeah. you know, you got to build on that. So it's really it's it's interesting, though, because you look at the the matchup to me that's exciting is the Texas defense against the Oklahoma offense. Baker Mayfield versus the Texas defense is yeah. what it comes down to. Lake you know Travis the deal. versus West. Who's already talking trash, by the yeah. way. He said that Sam Mellinger has never – he said he basically said Sam Mellinger is from Westlake and – Westlake hadn't he, he's never beaten Lake Travis or something. Like yeah, that. it's a Lake Travis Westlake. It's, it's so great. funny that it's the, Texas OU, but the it's Lake rivalry Travis within and the rivalry, right? That'd it's be hilarious. Great. Malik Jefferson really got Red River Week kicked off after the uh, K State game when he was being asked about the OU game, and he heard about Iowa State planting the flag in in Norman on Saturday, and he was asked if he would ever plant a flag, and this was Malik's response. Um, I was there when he gave this quote. <laughs> uh, his response: No, no, no. I respect any opponent we play. I don't think it gets that crucial where you have to plant a flag on somebody's field. I think that's just ignorance. <laughs> I don't understand why people would do that because it comes back on you, obviously. Uh, see, I like, there's some good undertones of that. I will one. say that's this. A sophisticated I, a, a trash talk war, in my opinion, it favors Baker Mayfield because his, his, his X-Men ability is kind of his, his transcendent douche, D-bag, douchey quality. Like, he's so douchey that it like it's like Jason Kelsey kind of, you know, Travis Kelsey kind of yeah. douchey. Like, it transcends... Almost like how Johnny Manziel used to. He would he can almost lift his play to a different level, to a rarefied air, almost through D bagging, D uh-huh. bag abilities. It, it, where's where's, like that. where's, yeah. where's douchiness on Gruden's quarterback chart? Where would he? What, what number? Uh, he I'm sure it? there's a there's a certain element to it, but you, you get what I'm saying. Like he's the a, cockiness is the element there. Yeah, and I think that he likes to talk himself into. He kind of mm-hmm. smack talks himself. Remember against Baylor, he's talking before yeah. about how he's their daddy and stuff. That fan. 
has a story about him and the fans at Oklahoma Ohio State game. Remember, he gets into it with the fans. Right. He's like a WWE star when at times he can talk himself into getting really rowdy because he plays with emotion, almost like yeah. a defensive guy. Sam Ellinger does it too, but he doesn't talk trash. Right. Like um, so, really, you're looking at the Texas offense against the Oklahoma defense, and Oklahoma's been a hot mess defensively. Yeah, they have. The been. last few weeks. Mm-hmm. So. And they don't really know what Texas is going to bring to the table. Right. His offense is still come improving. You know? we're, we're really going to get into this matchup. Uh, you know, I'll get into it on the site. Rod, I know you'll do it on the Rodcast. Mm-hmm. By the way, 1-3 to three for the Rodcast on uh, 104.9 The Horn, AM 1260, and uh, the Horn FM app. Um, but, guys, do you have any just early thoughts on this game? I know it's early in the week, but, I, I mean, I think I think as much of a mess as Oklahoma has been defensively, and it goes back to the stoops, that, that cover two defense that they play that they haven't yeah. changed. History has shown you can attack them vertically if you've got the studs on the perimeter mm-hmm. to do it. Baylor did, Iowa State did, yep. and Texas does. That's why I think Texas has a chance to move the ball and have some success in this game. Uh, I, I agree with you. I think, they, I think they have – listen, the Ellinger offense with him at the helm is a different offense than Shane Michelle. So I think they will be a little bit more explosive in the game. My concern is really that basically Oklahoma, they are not overconfident anymore. That that overconfidence factor that you had uh, prior to this, once Iowa State beats Oklahoma, mm-hmm. then now they're ashamed. Now they're embarrassed. Refocused. Yeah, now they're refocused. Now they're re-energized. Now, you know, they're, they're playing. Pissed off, so you get you get a refocused, re-energized Oklahoma team. As you know, if Iowa State doesn't pull that upset, hell, you probably get you probably get that Iowa that that product or that result right. that Iowa State got. And maybe Oklahoma was looking past Iowa State and looking for the Texas game. Mm-hmm. Could be the reason too. Either way, I think you get a good showing from Texas. I don't think they win. I don't think okay. they're gonna win the game. All right, it is time for predictions for Texas OU, and to close this thing out, and we will do that on the other side on Longhorn Blitz with Horns twenty four seven dot com. Perfect. Allergy sufferers. The name's Nigel. I'm a well-educated owl, therefore well-versed in the difference between what's wise and unwise. Talking like a pirate on a job interview. Unwise. Using Zizol for 24-hour relief of your allergy symptoms? Quite wise. In a clinical study, 90% of allergy sufferers who use Zizol felt powerful 24-hour relief after just one day. So for continuous allergy relief, don't be unwise. Be wise all. Take Zizol. Users directed. Allergy sufferers are hearing a lot of numbers these days about symptoms and relief. But the number sufferers want most is zero, as in zero nasal allergy symptoms. And nothing gets you closer to zero than Nasacort. Because unlike antihistamines that stop only one cause of your allergy symptoms, Nasacort stops more. And stopping more gets you closer to zero. For 24-hour relief of your worst nasal allergy symptoms, including congestion, choose Nasacort. It stops more of what makes you miserable. Use as directed. Why have over 3 million guys switched to Harry's razors? Because at Harry's, we give you less. We make just one razor with five German-engineered blades. All you need for a smooth and comfortable shave. And we got rid of upcharges. By owning the factory and cutting out the middleman, we're able to sell our high-quality blades for half the price of the other guys. Now we're dropping the half-price sound effects guy. Oh, wait, why? Not everyone can give you high quality for a fraction of the price. Harry's. One perfect razor. None of the extra noise. As a special offer for radio listeners, get an $18 shave set with an added bonus for free when you visit harrys.com and use code 2626 at checkout. Just cover a few bucks for shipping. That's harrys.com, code 2626 for a free shave set offer. Again, it's harrys.com, code 2626. Please note, no sound effects guys were harmed in the making of this radio recording. I have to get to sleep. Tom had a stressful day, and now he can't shut down at bedtime. Need sleep. To fall asleep fast, millions of people turn to Unisom Sleep Gels. They're non-habit-forming and quickly help you sleep soundly so you wake recharged. Tom? Unisom Sleep Gels. A stressful day deserves a restful night. Use as directed. Active ingredient diphenhydramine hydrochloride. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1919 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1919. 
Hi, this is Maury Moreland Morrison, here to tell you Geico has more than just great savings. Much more. Geico's been around for more than 75 years, back when they were using Morse code. Sorry, that's just my sense of humor. What's more, with Geico, you get 24-7 access to licensed agents on the app, online, or over the phone, so you can talk to them at night or in the morning. So forevermore, just know that no other auto insurer has more more than Geico. More power to you. Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. Check out the Groupon app where you can save up to infinity, theoretically speaking. Actually, you can save up to $100 a week on what you do every day. Suppose you saved $10 on tacos and took that $10 and used it to get more great restaurant deals on Groupon, like Italian or Chinese. Pretty soon, you could save a ton. Brunch? Check Groupon. Dinner plans? Check Groupon. Hungry? Use the top-rated Groupon app to save up to $100 a week on what you do every day. Download the app and save. Groupon. Allergy sufferers, my name's Nigel, and as a well-educated owl, I know the difference between what's wise and unwise. Texting after three glasses of Merlot? Unwise. Using Zizol for 24-hour relief of your allergy symptoms? Quite wise. Because Zizol is just as effective at hour 24 as it is at hour 1, relieving your symptoms for a better night's sleep and a more productive day. So for continuous 24-hour allergy relief, don't be unwise. Be wise all. Take Zizol. Users directed. Allergy sufferers are hearing a lot of numbers these days about symptoms and relief. But the number sufferers want most is zero, as in zero nasal allergy symptoms. And nothing gets you closer to zero than Nasacort. Because unlike antihistamines that stop only one cause of your allergy symptoms, Nasacort stops more. And stopping more gets you closer to zero. For 24-hour relief of your worst nasal allergy symptoms, including congestion, choose Nasacort. It stops more of what makes you miserable. Use as directed. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. Oh, gosh. You know, Colin, with Rod, I, I, I think it's a good showing. Uh, a good showing. Not enough, though, to win. Uh, what's the line on this, Matt? I think it's seven and a half yeah, last down I saw. Yeah, six and a half, I believe. Yeah, yeah. it started at seven and a half, I think. Though, yeah. yeah. No, I'll take Texas. I'll take Texas to cover. Um, I'll take Texas. Let's go thirty-one twenty-seven, Oklahoma. Ooh. Good game. Um, I think it's a close game. Yeah, I, I have faith. I have faith in these players in this game, and uh, and in that Todd Orlando defense to to keep it close enough. I do think I'll, I'm not going to be shocked. Here's the thing to keep in mind about Sam Ellinger, and we talk about teams having tape on him. Sam's a gunslinger, mm-hmm. and he's going to be a guy that you want the ball in his hands with three minutes left and 80 yards to go. Yep. He's also the type of quarterback that's, you know, that far of Roethlisberger thing where he's going to make a play or two throughout the course of a game that you go, what, what the heck the was he thinking? Was yeah. He's a freshman, too. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I'm, I'm with, I think Todd Orlando is the reason Texas stays in the game. I think Todd, I'm glad you get a bounce-back game from Todd Orlando. Usually, you know what I mean, after that Maryland game, they, that defense came back bigger, better, stronger, faster. I think you'll get a bounce-back game from that defense in this Texas OU game. It's an emotional game. Defense plays with emotion. Um, I'm going to say Texas loses the game, but they keep it tight for like three and a half quarters. Then maybe OU pulls away 30. OU wins 36 to 27. Ooh, you're really close to me. I actually was sitting there trying <laughs> to figure out how it plays out, and I think about similar to you that it's going to be close, but OU will prevail by the end of it. And the number that popped in my head was 35-24, and then yeah. I started to think, isn't that the number – that on Rod's pick six was yes. a 35-24 loss, which yes. Texas oh. had a lead early. So I sort of got a feeling it might be similar to that one. So if Holt, you're telling me if Holton Hill, uh, a Lamar alum, if he, if, he has Same a, if he has a pick six to put Texas up 14-3, that we should all prepare. Uh, trouble. <laughs> it might be a bad omen. That would be odd. I'll take it. I, I, I will be on the side of pick sixes as victorious. All yeah. right. Matt, thanks for everything, man. Hey, you are more than welcome. Rod, be appreciate the time and the knowledge. Love it, brother. For Matt, for Rod, for Travis, the best damn videographer in the podcast game. For everybody at 104.9 The Horn, the Austin Radio Network, that we are proud to be a part of this family. And you can get this podcast that we record here every week on SoundCloud, iTunes, any podcast app. Isn't that right, Matt? Yes, sir. Just type in Longhorn Blitz. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.